Our sermon this afternoon is from Mr. Barnabas Grayson. It is entitled, What Things Concerning Jesus? Good afternoon again. When you get your hand out, there's a couple of uh, things uh, you might want to change. It's down there on the first column on the left, uh, Matthew 28, 11 through 20, not 11 through uh, 31. And at the top of the column on the right-hand side, that should be 1 Corinthians instead of 2 Corinthians. It says over in the book of Hebrews, chapter 6 and verse 2, that one of the principles of the doctrine of Jesus Christ is the resurrection of the dead. This resurrection is the hope of every Christian. But what are the things that make us believe this? You know, there are some who halfway believe it, some who don't believe it. It's just that the, the gospel of the kingdom of God the good news about the resurrection, and all of that, the teachings of Christ, all of those things, there are some who just don't believe it quite 100%. Now we know, however, that, this, that in this life uh, we live and we die, and that we realize that it's only the beginning of the resurrection that is ahead and the coming kingdom of heaven to this earth. So, but it's hard for some to believe uh, this. And like Jesus said to Nicodemus, you must be born again to enter that kingdom. You must become a spirit being because flesh and blood cannot inherit uh, that kingdom. So we must be changed in body. We must also be changed in spirit. Now this sermon today is about the resurrection of Jesus, our Lord, and our Savior as he's as a first fruit and it's about what uh, things concerning the events that led up to his resurrection from the dead so Jesus had a message of repentance for all the heed and he was an example of obedience let's go to a familiar chapter you've been there earlier and it begins in Luke chapter 24 and after reading this, you'll probably notice throughout this sermon that we'll be getting a double dose of scriptures. Luke 24, which is good. Two men were headed to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem, about uh, three score furlongs, about seven miles. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. And it came to pass that while they communed together and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and went with him. But their eyes were holden that they should not know him. And he said unto them, What manner of communications are these that you have one to another 
and as you walk and as you are sad. And one of them whose name was Cleopas answering said unto him, Are you only a stranger in Jerusalem and have not known the things which are come to pass there in, in these days? And Jesus said unto them, What things? And they said unto him, Concerning Jesus, concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which is the title of the sermon this afternoon, which was a prophet, as we heard earlier, mighty indeed, and word before God and all the people. And how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and have crucified him. Now we'll pick this up uh, later. And might I add that as we go through, I think uh, Mark and I are on the same page here. So we're going to get a double dose of this. It's probably meant to be. Now, let's go to John chapter 11. There was a certain man who was sick. His name was Lazarus in the town of Mary and her sister Martha. Now, this was the Mary which anointed uh, the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair. And it was her brother Lazarus that was sick. And so his sisters, they sent for Jesus with their message saying, Lord, behold, Lazarus, whom you love, is sick. And it was uh, really an emergency for them because he was probably sick unto death. And when Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. That's what he told them. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, but Jesus stayed there for uh, two days. And he said to his disciples, let's go into Judea again. And they spoke out saying, Master, the Jews recently sought to stone you there. Are you thinking of going back there again? And Jesus answered, verse uh, uh, 9, Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If any man walk in the day, he stumbles not because he sees the light of this world. So there's a time, you know, to walk. You've got to walk in the light of the day. No, uh, that way you'll be aware of the situation, aware of things that are around you. But if a man walk in the night, he stumbles because there is no light in him. Verse 11, after that he said to them, Our friend Lazarus sleeps, sleepeth, but I go that I may awake him out of sleep. And then his disciples said, Lord, if, if he sleep, he shall do well. He's, he's going to be okay. Howbeit Jesus spake of his death, but they thought that he had spoken of uh, uh, taking of rest as in sleep. But Jesus said, unto them plainly Lazarus is dead and you know from Proverbs and from Ecclesiastes we read that uh, death is like a deep sleep there's no conscious thought everything has gone blank inside the mind it's just an unconscious state where the dead know nothing and in verse 15 he says and I am glad for your sakes that I was not there to the intent that you may believe that is, it will, to the intent that it will help you to believe in me. Nevertheless, let's go unto him. And 
Then said Thomas, which is called Didymus, and it means twin, let us also go that we may die with him. Not die with Lazarus, but with Jesus, since most everywhere Jesus went, <coughs> there were close calls to his life by the Jews that were seeking to kill him. So this Didymus, <coughs> excuse me, or Thomas was probably the twin brother of Matthew, since they're mentioned together uh, often in scriptures. Verse 17, when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus was already four days in the grave. Now Bethany was close unto Jerusalem, about 15 furlongs, about two miles away. But Jesus was not in Judah, but further away. So the amount of time it took for those messengers to notify uh, Jesus that Lazarus was sick. And for him to go to Bethany would be a few days. And by that time, Lazarus had died. And verse 19, many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. But, and then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary sat still in the house. She stayed there in the house. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother had not died. He would have lived. He had been healed. But I know that even now, whatsoever you ask of God, God will give it to you. And Jesus said, Unto her, your brother shall rise again. And Martha said to him, I know that it shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. You remember Job said words to that effect when he said, If a man dies, shall he live again? And he said, All the days of my appointed time will I wait. Till my change come. So we all have an appointed time there. And you shall call. And I will answer you said Job. You will have a desire to the work. Of your hands. And we, when we look at ourselves in that way. We also can uh, think. That uh, God is going to have a. Uh, desire to the work of his hands. And Jesus said to Martha. Verse 26. Of John 11. And whosoever lives. And believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? He asked her. And she said unto him. Yea Lord I believe that you are the Christ. The son of God. Which should come into the world. And when she had so said. She went her way. Called Mary her sister secretly. Saying the master is come. And calls for you. As soon as she heard that. She arose quickly and went unto him. Now Jesus was not yet come into the town but was in the place where Martha met him uh, more lemonade I think that's what made me cough a little while ago thank you Ken. he's a fireman he knows when to bring water And when Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, Jesus groaned in the spirit, and he was troubled by what he saw. And he said, Where have you, lady? And they said unto him, Lord, come and see. 
And Jesus wept. The shortest scripture in, in the Bible. Then said the Jews, Behold how he loved him. Behold how he loved Lazarus. He's crying. But it was not for that because what he saw was a lack of faith, a lack of belief in those that were there. They saw his many miracles of healing. They knew he was the son of God. But he saw their doubt that he could really raise someone from the dead in that, in that day and time. And so here we see the very son of God in their presence. Someone that they could, you know, hear his voice and look upon his personage. But their lack of faith caused him sorrow and Jesus wept. And some of them, in verse 37, could not this man which opened the eyes of the blind have caused that even this man should not have died? Jesus, therefore, groaning in himself, went to the grave. It was a cave, and a stone lay upon it. And Jesus said, Take you away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, said unto him, Lord, by this time he stinks, he stinketh, for he's been dead four days. Jesus said unto her, Said I not unto you that if you would believe, thou should see the glory of God? And so, nevertheless, he took away the stone from the place where he was dead. And Jesus lifted up his eyes, and he said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I knew that you hear me always, but because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that you have sent me. And when he had thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. You know, someone were at the back of the room, uh, like Gary, and he wanted to say that, Lazarus, come forth. He would have to shout it to me because he doesn't have the microphone that I do. It was a loud voice that went into that cave to where uh, Lazarus lay dead. But Lazarus come forth, and he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound about with a napkin. And Jesus said unto him, Loose him and let him go. So you have this sight of, of Lazarus coming out of the darkness of that cave wrapped in linen. Probably very awkward to, you know, like a mummy coming from the cave. Then many of the Jews which came to Mary and had seen the things which Jesus did, believed on him. But some of them went their way to the Pharisees and told them what things Jesus had done. Then gathered the chief priests and the Pharisees a council and said, What do we? For this man does many miracles. And so they sought uh, to bring false charges against Jesus and arrest him and crucify him on the cross of shame. So we want to remember uh, this particular uh, event where Lazarus was healed, where he came out of the tomb bound in linen or those grave clothes. Now Luke chapter 23, beginning verse 44, it was about the sixth hour and there was darkness over all the earth until the ninth hour. And the sun was darkened and the veil of the temple was uh, rent in the middle. And when Jesus had cried with a loud voice, he said, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. That is, he uh, presents 
his spirit. And having said this, he gave up the spirit. That is, he expired. He died. He went the way of uh, all men. And that was about around 3 p.m., around the same time as the uh, paschal lamb was slaughtered. Verse 47, when the centurion saw what was done, he glorified God. Certainly this was a righteous man. <laughs> I thought that was me. And all the people that came together to that site, beholding the things which were done, smote their breasts and returned. And all his acquaintance and the women that followed him from Galilee, they stood afar off beholding these things. And they, you know, they stood at a distance. Now, verse 50, Behold, there was a man named Joseph, a counselor, a good man, a just man. And this one, he wasn't going along with what the Pharisees were planning to do against Christ. He was from Arimathea, city of the Jews, who also himself waited for the kingdom of God. So he was a believer. He believed in Christ. And so this man went bravely unto Pilate and he begged the body of Jesus and he took it down and he wrapped it in linen and laid it in a sepulcher that was hewn in stone wherein man uh, never man was before was laid so like Lazarus he was wrapped in grave clothes he was entwined and bound in this linen and he uh, was laid in that tomb just before sunset on Wednesday which began the first high day and that day was the preparation and the Sabbath drew on. So no bodies could be left hanging on the cross. So he had to be put into a grave. Verse 55, and the women also which came with him from Galilee, they followed after him and beheld uh, the sepulcher and how his body was laid. And they returned and they prepared spices and ointments and rested the Sabbath day according to the commandment. Luke 24, verse 1. Now upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came unto the sepulcher, bringing the spices which they had prepared and certain others with them. And they found that the stone was rolled away from the sepulcher. And they, but they entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. And it came to pass as they were much perplexed thereabout they said unto them uh, uh, two men stood by them in shining garments and as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth they said unto them why seek you the living among the dead he's not here but is risen remember how he spoke unto you when he was in Galilee saying the son of man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and the third day arise saying those things and they remembered his words they returned from the sepulcher and told all these things to the eleven and to uh, all the rest so it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary the mother of James and the other women that were with them which told these things unto the apostles but their words seemed as idle tales they were hard to believe and they believed them not then arose Peter and he ran unto the sepulcher and stooping down he beheld the linen clothes the grave clothes uh, that laid by themselves 
And he departed, wandering in himself at that which was come to pass. Now these linen wrappings, wrappings laid alone by themselves, causing Peter to wonder deeply, what is this that I see? Verse 13, and behold, two of them went that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem, about three furlongs. So we've already uh, read that. And in verse, on down to verse uh, uh, 19, Jesus said unto them what things they were talking about. And they said concerning Jesus of Nazareth and how the chief priests and rulers had delivered, delivered him and condemned him to death. And verse 21, but we trusted that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel. And beside all this, today is the third day since these things uh, were done. And certain women also of our company made us astonished, which were early at the sepulcher. And when they found not his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels, which said that he was alive. And so they were uh, thinking, mulling these things over in their mind, hard to believe things. And certain of them which were with us went to the sepulcher and found it, even so as the women had said, but they, uh, him they saw not. So they did not know what to think. They had put their hope in him to redeem Israel. Was Jesus' body stolen, as uh, some people want to believe? Is he alive, like the women said? Where is he then? For no one had seen him. And so they had some doubt growing. And, and their faith was being really seriously tested. In verse 25, here's what Jesus said unto them. O fools, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And what the prophets had foretold had come to pass. And he said, beginning at Moses... And all the prophets, he expounded uh, unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. And as they drew nigh to the village where they went, and he made as though he would have gone on further, but uh, to constrain him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And Jesus went in to tarry with them, to continue with them. And it came to pass, as he sat at me, as he sat at the table, to eat with them, he took the bread, and he blessed it, and he broke it, and he gave it to them. And it was at that time their eyes were open, and they knew who he was, but he vanished out of their sight. Now, <clears throat> let's go back to Matthew 28. This is the scene where we, you know, the women had prepared the spices, where they went to the tomb of Jesus, but didn't find him there. It was the end of the Sabbath as it began toward uh, dawn, toward the first day of the week. Uh, and here's what we see in verse 2. There was a great earthquake. For the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. So we see how this big, heavy stone was removed. His countenance, this, this angel, was like lightning, which, you know, ma made the garment shine and his raiment white as snow and for fear of him the keeper keepers did shake and became as dead men and the angel answered and said unto the women 
fear not you, for I know that you seek Jesus, which was crucified. He's not here. He's risen. Come see the place where the Lord lay. And go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. Behold, he goes before you into Galilee. There shall you see him. Lo, I've told you. And so they departed quickly from the sepulcher with fear and great joy and did run to bring his disciples word. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, All hail. And they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. And Jesus said to them, Don't be afraid. Go tell my brethren that they uh, go into Galilee, and there shall they see me. So they hurried off to tell the disciples that they had seen Jesus, that he uh, wants them to go uh, to uh, Galilee. Now John chapter 20, again, the first day of the week, verse 1, when it was yet dark, unto the, uh, they went to the sepulcher and saw that stone rolled away. And so uh, she ran, verse 2, to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved, that, was, that would be John, and said unto them, they have taken away the Lord out of the sepulcher, and we don't know where they've laid him. So they were still believing that, you know, Jesus didn't, uh, wasn't, didn't resurrect, that he was not alive, but they must have taken his body. But then, uh, when Jesus uh, showed himself to him, then they believed. And Peter, therefore, he went forth, and the other disciple, and they went to the sepulcher. And in verse 4, they ran both together, and the other disciple did outrun Peter and came first to the sepulcher. So it was John who got there first. And verse 5, we heard earlier, the first message, and he stooping down and looking in, he saw the linen clothes lying, yet went he not in. What would, uh, you know, what would keep him from going to further examine the linen that was laying there in the tomb? Then came Simon Peter, following him, and went into the sepulcher and saw the linen clothes lie. So what did they see? In verse 7, and the napkin that was about his head was not lying with the linen clothes, but wrapped together in a place by itself. Uh, napkin is from the, the word sudarium, or sudarium. It's a towel, like for wiping the perspiration from the face, or for binding the face of a corpse. Or it's also uh, uh, identified as a, as a handkerchief. So these linen clothes or wrappings, they were in one place while the napkin that was wrapped about his head was in another place off to itself. Then went in also that other disciple in verse 8, which came first to the sepulcher, and when he saw and believed, so what he saw made him believe. So what, you know, what did they see that made them believe? It was the sight of the linen wrappings, and they believed. And also the sight of the two angels. For as yet they knew not the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. So they thought Jesus had died. And that was the end of it. They did not fully understand the meaning of him being three days and three nights dead in the grave. So the disciples went away to their own house. But Mary stood outside the uh, sepulcher weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down, looked into the sepulcher, saw the two angels in white sitting. And the one at the head and the other at the feet where the body of Jesus had lain. So where Jesus had lain, all wrapped up in that uh, uh, grave clothes, 
but his body was not there. But it had the form of the wrappings that surrounded his body. That was there. And so was the napkin. So to me, this was something that, you know, I personally uh, never really considered. But until uh, I heard a sermon uh, given some years ago, uh, is yeah, at the Feast of Tabernacles or maybe uh, uh, Unleavened Bread that Mr. Van Stinson uh, brought this up. And it was on a cassette uh, tape that I heard. Uh, you know, cassette tapes, they were a long time ago. But, but it was a few years ago by uh, Dr. Antion. So I thought about this, and, and you think uh, when you look at the tomb where the wrappings were, and, and you don't really go in there to get a close-up and pick up the, pick up the uh, napkins, uh, there's just something there that made them believe. Because what the disciples saw, the linen cloths, they believed. And what was it about them? The wrappings and the, you know, the, the face cloth were laying apart and they were unwrapped but in the shape and the form of Jesus. He had been bound in them and twined in them and the linen was just undisturbed. Now remember earlier back in John uh, 11 and verse 43 when Jesus had cried with a loud voice. He said, Lazarus come forth and he that was dead came forth bound hand and foot with grave clothes and his face was bound about with a napkin and Jesus said unto them loose him let him go so they had to you know take the wrappings away from him he had to be unwrapped the people of that time were familiar you know with what it took to wrap a body a dead body tightly but in the case of Jesus it was different he did not have to be unwrapped for even as we shall see he was able to appear suddenly into a room, so he must have suddenly been able to go through the, uh, the uh, grave clothes. But here in this scene in verse 13, and uh, uh, the angel said to Mary, why do you weep? And she said, because they have taken away my Lord, and I don't know where they've laid him. And when she had thus said, she turned, herself, she turned herself back and saw Jesus standing, but he, she didn't know it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why weepest you? Whom seekest you? She, supposing him to be the gardener, said unto him, Sir, if you have borne him from here, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. And Jesus said unto her, Mary. Then she turned herself and said unto him, Rabbi, or Rabboni, which is to say, Master. She suddenly recognized the voice of Jesus and turned right around. So we see how Jesus was making himself uh, known that he was indeed resurrected. Meanwhile, we have this other scene that was taking place in Matthew 28, verse 11. Now when they were going, behold, some of the watch came into the city and showed unto the chief priests all the things that were done. And when they were assembled with the elders and had taken counsel, they gave large money unto the soldiers. And that was to bribe them not to repeat the truth or what they had witnessed or heard. And saying, say you, his disciples came by night and stole him away while we slept. And if this comes to the governor's ear, we'll persuade him 
and secure you. We'll back you up on that. So they took the money, did as they were taught, and this saying is commonly reported among the Jews until this day. Then the eleven disciples went into Galilee, Galilee, into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them, as the women had given them Jesus' message. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spoke unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So we see the commission as, as Mark uh, went over the first message. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. So be it. So, essentially, you believe in God, Jesus said. Believe also in me. Now, remember, Thomas was not there the first time that Jesus appeared to his disciples. So back to John, chapter 20, verse 19. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled because they were scared of the Jews. Then came Jesus, and he stood in the midst, and he said unto them, Peace be unto you. You know, don't be alarmed. You know, everything's okay. Peace. <clears throat> and when he had so said, he showed unto them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. And when you think about how Jesus revealed himself to his disciples in all these uh, steps uh, after his resurrection, probably going to come that day when we will be glad to see Jesus, to hear his voice, and to see those nail-scarred hands and the nail-scarred side. But Jesus again to them uh, said uh, uh, to them, Peace be unto you. As and said unto them, Receive you the Holy Spirit. And whosoever sins you remit, they are remitted unto them. And whosoever sins you retain, they are retained. But Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with him when Jesus came. And the other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, Except I shall see his hands, the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days again, his disciples were within, and Thomas with them, and came Jesus, the doors being shut, and he stood in the midst of, uh, of them, and saying, Peace be unto you. And then he said to Thomas, Reach your finger, and behold my hands, and reach your hand, and thrust it into my side. And be not faithless, but believing. So, earlier disciples, they had seen the linen, how it was laid, and believed. And here Thomas had to actually uh, uh, see the scars, the wounds of Jesus. And Jesus said unto him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are they that have not seen, and yet have 
believe. And so that would include us today. We not uh, uh, touch Jesus. We just know from the word of God and we put our trust and our faith in it that these things that we are reading are true and these things about the resurrection. And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written that you <clears throat> might believe that Jesus is the Christ. So these words were written for our sake that we might believe that in Jesus, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name, through his power, through his authority. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the good news, the gospel, which I preached unto you, which also you have received, and wherein you stand. So Paul is preaching about this. By which also you are saved, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. You know, keep these things in uh, remembrance, in memory. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins, <clears throat> according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures, and that he was seen of Cephas, then of the twelve. After that he was seen above five hundred brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto this present, but some have fallen asleep. And after that he was seen of James, then all of the apostles, and last of all he was seen of me, that is Paul, as one born out of due time, for I am the least of the apostles. He was the least of the apostles in that way. I that am not meet to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But, you know, uh, Christ converted him, and he believed. Uh, through the miracles that he saw. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, said Paul. And his grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Therefore, whether it were I or they, so we preach, so you believe. Now if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some of you, that there is no re resurrection of the dead. And if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen. And if Christ be not risen, then our preaching is in vain, and so is your faith. 1 Corinthians 15. This I say, brethren, verse 50, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither does corruption inherit corruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. Just as Jesus in the twinkling of an eye rose from the uh, grave and was resurrected. But we at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your sting? O grave, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be you steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. And as he told 
Peter, you know, feed my sheep. And as he uh, called his disciples that, to be fishers of men and, and also us to be witnesses in whatever way we can. Acts chapter 2, getting close to the end, should be here in about five minutes, I think. Not the end, but <laughs> not the age, end of the age, but this particular message. We're to remember in Acts 2, the day of Pentecost, when the power of the Holy Spirit was manifested. Verse 17, it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men, and uh, your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And I will show wonders in heaven, in heaven above, and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire, and vapor and smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness, and the moon into blood, before that great and notable day of the Lord come and it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. You men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs which God did by him in the midst of you, as you yourselves also know. Him being delivered <clears throat> by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God you have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain, whom God has raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holden of it. For David spoke concerning him. He said, I foresaw the, the Lord always before my face, for he is on my right hand that I should not be moved. Therefore did my heart rejoice and my tongue was glad. Moreover, Shall also shall my flesh shall rest in hope because you will not leave my soul in hell neither will you suffer your holy one to see corruption and you've made known to me the ways of life you shall make me full of joy with countenance <clears throat> so it was said you know uh, about David because uh, he was uh, like a parallel uh, uh, person to Christ when he wrote the Psalms so, men and brethren, let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his sepulcher is with us unto this day. So David foresaw the resurrection through Christ Jesus. Therefore, David, being a prophet, and knowing that God has sworn an oath to him, that of the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. And he saw this before uh, spoke of the resurrection of Christ that his soul was not left in hell neither his flesh did see corruption so this Jesus has God raised up whereof we all are witnesses therefore being by the right, right hand of God exalted and having received of the Father the promises of the Holy Spirit he has shed forth this which you now see and hear so he has poured out you know that day of Pentecost the Holy Spirit Poured it out, and what you now see and hear, that is the power of the Holy Spirit. First demonstrated when uh, he uh, had Lazarus come from the grave, resurrect him, resurrected him from death, and he, Christ himself, being resurrected from the grave. Final uh, scripture, verse 
10, if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin, yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. So that Holy Spirit is like just a continuous dynamo of energy that is ongoing. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. <clears throat>